Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a miracle made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made, come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30 day money back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Fake the Nation, episode 181. Hello, hello, this is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about politics, and where we reflect back on a ridiculous decade. I am your host, Nagin Farsad, and as you hear this, I am probably in Palm Springs, California, offloading my baby to members of the family. It is the new year, um, which means you're probably not at the gym, but you're like, fuck, I need to go to the gym because it's one of my resolutions. And you know what? Give yourself a minute. The year's not going anywhere. You have plenty of time. We're going to ease you into 2020 with delightful conversations from some of our favorite Fake the Nation guests, including Peter Gross, Justin Krebs, Mike Kaplan, and Jody Avergan. What a lineup, you guys. I know you're looking to get your mind off the pain, whether it be from doing crunches or drinking champagne straight from the bottle. And let us get started with topic number one. Oh my God, you guys! The tween, the teens. The Are teens. we calling it the teens? We're I don't know. I don't even know what to call the nineteen teens. So I'm not sure what to call. I only get comfortable when the twenties start. Twenties, thirties, yeah, like yeah. twenty twenty is going to be easy. Yeah, because yeah, I'm not yeah. comfortable with the aughts. But I guess you call it the teens. I know, but nobody's calling it I the teens. I think they'll call it the, the 2010s. The People 2010s. will call it the 2010s. Oh, that's right. They are calling it the 2010s. Okay, you guys, the 2010s 
have come to a close by the time this is tape, uh, rolling out. Um, we are taping it a couple of weeks before that. However, we still... So we're not aware of the crazy thing that will happen <laughs> on December 30th. We did not know that was going to happen. Will, Don't blame us. <laughs> that will define an entire decade, yeah. that one thing. Um, I can't believe Taylor Swift kissed Donald Trump on the <laughs> lawn of the White House. These two voices that you're hearing uh, chatting is a comedian and actor and author, Peter Gross. Hey, Peter. Hello. And um, move on, national campaign director and candidate for city council here in New York City. You guys, it's Justin Krebs. Hi there. Um, All right, you guys. The decade is over. What do you remember? Like, how would you define this decade? As the... (laughs) (laughs) The 2010s, I like to call them the teens, but that doesn't mean the Audi teens, the Audi teens. No, (laughs) I think because of the way they ended and because we're in the middle of this impeachment and Trump nightmares, I I feel like they will be defined so uh, distinctly by Trump, by Trump, um, which is But I also feel like there's a lot of things that are not like the top level things of Trump are kind of obvious of like, you know, the lack of respect for the free press and truth and all those things. And then I feel like there are things that he has changed fundamentally that will linger. Um, How long they linger, it's hard to tell. I feel like he brought like the 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 sort of like crazy fringe into the mainstream and they're they're gonna kind of fight to stay there mm-hmm. for a while. Yeah. I think there'll be people who, you know, there were always like, you know, your Wacos and your Ruby Ridges and and you know, government conspiracy theory. And meanwhile, they those people also used to be lefties, not all righties. They there were plenty yet. of like, you know, the the sort of wingnuts who used to be sort of like overly or, liberal. Or but. even I think a political in that way. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean. I feel like that's one there of the things about. There was a blend of like right. liberal and conservative beliefs, but he definitely brought those people into the tent of like we all of a sudden have to talk about like Breitbart being like a place where people are like I'm going to wake up and have a coffee and watch you it's know a, get it's the a news place there for ideas. But he also, <laughs> I thought about this. I think it was last year, whenever this was, when that whole uh, like multiple uh, uh, angled. Um, you know, blackface and um, sexual assault thing happened in Virginia where it was like a cascade group of Ralph people. Northam. And But Northam and then um, what was his lieutenant? Justin, Justin something. something. And then the attorney general yeah. also with the blackface. None of them resigned or had to leave office. No. And I don't know if this is 100% true, but I felt like it was a consequence of the Trump dig in your heels, deny, 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 don't go anywhere. I'm not giving a freaking inch right. and that that mm-hmm. is will that will be taken up by anybody who wants to stick around now can just be like oh well all you have to do is ride it out where there was a shame so it's like a dig in your a, heels decade yeah and like a, a, a shame has gone away a shameless decade it's been shameless it started I do out to give those three guys a little bit of credit though because well i don't remember what happened with the other two but i think in ralph northam's case he did own up to blackface he owned up to it but he also didn't can you picture like at the beginning of the decade that being something that kept someone in office well at the beginning of the decade we didn't have council culture and we didn't have like outing people for stuff they did 20 years ago or we just didn't have the same like like 
looking for stuff that people did when they were younger and then surfacing it. I think that's one of the things that I will think of as yeah. as one of the big inventions of this decade is we are we are very committed to pull and I'm not I am in no way uh promoting blackface <laughs> or like defending it or anything at all whatsoever. At the beginning of the decade, you didn't have to make that clear. At the end of the <laughs> decade, you have to take a strong stance. <laughs> no, but that's true. But it's right? true. Yeah. Um I think what happened in the I think yeah, so right now or like you look at um who's the comic that was supposed to do the Oscars uh Kevin Hart. Kevin, Kevin Hart. Hart, you know, they you know, people took their time to go through his tweets and then you know, bring them back up to the surface and then find them problematic and he ended up resigning. I mean, we heard that story over and over and over again in the last, particularly like the last three years, I'd say. And I wonder if that's Trump related too, because I obviously Me Too is, is you know, the, all that was percolating and that, you know, the, um, was that, that was that, um, was that after Me Too? No, well, I'm wondering, like there was a movement that was like, uh, was it Me Too or there was, a, um, I might be just, showing my white manness that I'm not fully aware of this, but there was like a group of uh, minority women who already had this hashtag and already had this like um, movement. And then it sort of got elevated. Right. With, by uh, the, by the me too. By right. the me too. It, it hadn't moving. become mainstream. Yeah, exactly. But it was like trying to speak up for, you know, uh, powerless women or traditionally women who do not have power and and they were trying to like you know hold them hold men accountable and everything and it got elevated as a reaction to trump and i wonder if uh, i think cancel culture is like a combination of of that anger that has been simmering and obviously the internet has everything on it and you can go find it actually i don't actually even want to give trump that much credit because i want to take that kind of no shame culture back a, a few years to I think the Kardashians and like Kanye West and this idea you know that Kanye West could like and I don't remember when this happened but when he did the Taylor Swift thing interrupted her her this sp- decade it was this yeah. decade yeah and what he you know she was trying to accept her Grammy he interrupted saying that she's it was stolen from whoever else but Beyonce had the best album Beyonce of the year. had the best album of the year and then not was- wrong Kanye. <laughs> Not, I don't like but what just, it's not. Take issue with how you said it. Yeah, nah, yeah. I don't disagree with what um, you said. Again, what my I take issue with just award show because there's room for two best albums of the year. You <laughs> yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like whatever. But anyway, um, <laughs> this should be like black album of the year and white album of the year. <laughs> oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. Just to promote such yeah. inclusiveness. Um, but I think that the that kind of like the, the sex tape was in the. Oddies, though, Oddies, right? Yeah. Hmm. But just the idea that you can bounce back from really po- like either poor behavior like Kanye West or salacious behavior like a sex tape or whatever, and that it could even be a feather in your cap. I think that's what sort of started our shame-free culture. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, Trump is never is not the. Um, the urtext for anything. He is a complete manifestation of all of the river of slime that's been running through society, and he just has brought a lot of it forward. <laughs> Absorbed yeah. and enlarged. Yeah, it. I mean, yeah, he is <laughs> like, you know, it's like that... Um, it's. I think it's a mistake to be like, he caused everything. I mean, because obviously, you know, however many people voted for him and there was all these things that he was playing on, he, pl- he picked all these things out and, and elevated it all. But So I think you're right. It's a lot of that was there. And also, he's part of that. He yeah. is part of, like, the reality TV mm-hmm. culture. The reality TV, TV culture and, right. That, and, the, and I think reality TV culture 
took these acts of shamelessness and just elevated them um, and and by merely broadcasting them made them seem acceptable, which I think is something that Trump then utilized in his campaign, which was it doesn't matter how many bad things he does. The fact that we're talking about the bad things, repeated, repetitive, like just hearing it over and over again makes him more famous and thereby somehow electable. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think that's something – what what strikes you about these this decade? This decade? Um, so three thoughts. Uh, we'll look back on it as the – these are so dark. Sorry. <laughs> uh, we'll look back on it as like the decade where we absolutely knew what had to happen on climate change and didn't do it. Yeah. Right. So maybe Absolutely. maybe next decade we'll look at as the one where we turned the corner, but or or, uh, or we'll be like the decade where it was too late. So there's that. Oh wait, can we um, just for a second about that? I yeah. think you're so right, and I think the the thing that has uh, for me, especially in the last few years, I feel like every time I wake up, there's a new UN climate mm-hmm. change report. How many reports are they putting out? So that is so, that's like new report indicates we were totally wrong. It's even worse. Six this is worse. Sooner, if we don't do something right? today, if we don't do something by Wednesday, it's over. And like <laughs> as and we started tr- writing this report, there was time. At the conclusion of this report, <laughs> there is no longer time. <laughs> and but it's true. And it's yeah. so funny because as I would be getting that alert on my phone, the next alert would be fires are taking over all of California. Mm-hmm. So it it wasn't they were never wrong. The report was always absolutely yes. accurate. And we continue to have done nothing. And yet. I think this will be a transition, though. I think you're right. It's the it's the pointing out this decade. It became very clear. We haven't done anything about it. Um, when there's only, you know, whatever, 28 days left or whatever, they will figure something out. But I do think it'll, it'll turn a corner in the next decade, even if it's innovating, even if like the innovation is like, let's keep polluting, but let's clean it up. And that's where the innovation comes. Where the innovation is like, let's live under the earth. Exactly. (laughs) But it'll be an innovation next time. Right. No, but I love that Let's create an algae in a lab that somehow eats... Uh, garbage in the ocean as opposed <laughs> then, to stopping throwing garbage in the ocean. And the following decade will be, well, we look back on that decade where algae took over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> our algae overlords should have seen that coming. Well, the algae decade is like, that's our best decade. The 2020s, <laughs> that's when people turned a blind eye to man-eating algae. Uh, no, I also love that, like, the answer is trees. You know what I mean? Yeah. The answer is trees. The so, Lorax uh, knows the answer. <laughs> <laughs> So that was, so climate this decade okay. the other decade uh, the other thing on this decade is like so the same way it's like we saw a climate crisis coming didn't stop it we saw the social media data and privacy crisis coming and didn't stop it like that's the other thing this decade you know we the what so, crisis so sorry I missed the it data and privacy oh, issues around crisis, social yeah. media and, and beyond social media like all the ways our data is tracked we kind of <sighs> knew about that a little bit the decade before Patriot Act was already happening but mm-hmm. but data analysis seemed so quaint back then by comparison to what it is yeah. now where everything we do every product we buy every service we use is pulling little bits about us in addition to what we're putting out over social media and all of that data is going somewhere and until the data eating algae comes and erases <laughs> it all uh, someone knows a lot more about us than we know when was Snowden? That was this decade. That was this de- early this decade. Early, so yeah. what I think... Um, yes, th- because it was under Obama. That was right, the yeah. sort of... The I think the other... You know, I think the thing about the, the data stuff is like, we all know... We're all like not comfortable with our privacy being tampered with in this way, but there's something... 
like it's like the laziness decade where yeah. as a jumping off point, I think the part of the reason why we do nothing about it is because we're like, okay, but if I really want to protect my my privacy, that means that like I shouldn't have my meal delivery service and I need to take my credit card off of the like 38 online portals where right. I regularly do my lazy online business. Um like as in my my lazy online deliveries and mm. like does this mean i have to like not use seamless like there's all these things that we we are now depending i feel like part of this decade is the decade of don't leave your apartment mm-hmm. yes and and and, and, and i think part of the reason we don't care about privacy is because we want so much to not leave our apartment which makes me very depressed and 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 tied in with that, um, this is not necessarily a bad thing, but this is also for me the the decade of streaming services. Right. I mean, right. it was actually a lot more limited what you could watch on even your computer. I mean, like YouTube existed. Right. But I mean, when did Netflix actually kind of make the switch from C- uh, CDs <laughs> from DVDs to streaming? We're not I mean, talking about the nineties uh, here. Um, I, it's I have uh, it's definitely in this early part of this decade because I still have. A uh, the movie Mikey and Nikki, the Elaine May directed movie with uh, John Cassavetes and Peter Falk. I have that. I never returned it to them. I they Wait, may have charged me charged? for it. Yeah. They may have charged me like you they know. just won't send you new ones until you send it back. <laughs> right, exactly. They are really they are holding fast. That. And then you know what? Because of me, they canceled DVD delivery to everyone. They won't do it to anybody now because they want that one copy that of that one back. Copy. Yeah, that was definitely. I mean, that could have been like 2012, 2011, 13. I don't really know, but. That was a, a a big change. Well, my first film was what was one of the early streaming movies. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty. So twenty eleven. Uh, my first film, Nerdcore Rising, mm. uh, was one of the early streaming movies on Netflix. So it was around that time, mm. and I remember you could do either you could pick. Yeah, and I remember, I remember at that time when they were making that deal, they were like, "Oh, it won't be on DVD," and I was like, "Oh, uh, okay, like." Or do people really do stream? Like, it, it was like before I had a Netflix account. So the decade sort of began with you streaming on Netflix and Me. ended with Scorsese streaming on Netflix. Yeah. And sort of that <laughs> encapsulates the teens. <laughs> I think it's also the explosion of of entertainment, obviously. I mean, we're doing this podcast that, you know, was... Did podcasts was Podcasts. Um, I don't know. I feel like there was something. <laughs> I sound so old. Did did podcasts exist? Oh my god! Yeah, oh, I mean yeah. all the stuff. That, By the you way, know... 2010 is when streaming started. It, it was 2010. How do you know that? No, who, who, I think who told you that? Anita's telling me that, right? Amazing. Anita? How is yes. she doing that from a different room? <laughs> that you had to walk into another room in the previous decade. But yeah, there's an explosion of different types of entertainment. Where to get it? How to get it. Um, Which, again, feeds into the, like, let me never leave my apartment. And it's so Well, one of the things depressing. that we talked about once on Wait, Wait, when we get into, like, the the, the lower level of, of panelist questions that aren't, like, the top um, top Topic. news stories, it's always a study, a this, that, you know, like, scientists are, you know, putting, like, GoPros on hamsters or something like that. <laughs> but it's also a lot of behavioral stuff. And one of the things was people are having a lot less sex, even younger people, not just married people, you know, for whom it becomes, like, yeah. a, a chore. But uh, because there's, like, they watch a ton of stuff. They'll, like, stream three shows, like, uh, sitting next to each other. Netflix and chill is, like, n- there's the chilling 
uh, you know, uh, implies yeah. sex, but then it just doesn't, doesn't happen. happen. Oh God. Because we also get this like weird endorphin rush from watching like three things. And then you're like, oh my God, my eyes are so tired. I want to, you know, I can't have sex with my partner. Like you'll sit there, <laughs> you still have a relationship, but people are having less sex because of entertainment. It's like the decade where chill stopped meaning sex. It's really unfortunate. Yeah. Oh, hey, you want to come over and chill? God. I know, isn't that sad? It's sad. Kids no. these days. We talked about one of the topics we talked about a few weeks ago was um, the global birth rate declining. And yeah. so that's, again, the the decade. I think this is the decade where the global birth rate de- declined because, you know, because chill stopped meaning sex. <laughs> <laughs> I also feel like there's some other small things. Oh, one really quick thing about yeah. privacy. I do think that the fate of Facebook is is the, Facebook is ending the decade very different than they started mm. the decade. I yeah. think they're on uh, a downswing. downswing. Yeah. And I think, you know, within a few years, maybe it's two, three, four. The fact that there's bipartisan support for regulating a site like Facebook or Google, the way that people um, uh, gather information and, and house and use information. And the right to be forgotten, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, like too. you can't delete yeah. your Facebook account. It's like insane. I feel like that, that Wild West... Uh, atmosphere will be regulated in the next decade for better or for worse um can i i so i want to point out a happy thing and a sad thing the sad thing is uh that i feel like is having long-term implications into the next decade is shelby county versus holder in 2013 which dismantled voting voter protections and you know and and pre-clearance so you can just change your fucking voting practices in the state without getting pre-clearance from the federal government and that has sucked. Yeah, um, and also the idea, because that was the, how many states? Nine states that were... Um, I can't remember the specific but number, were like, but something uh, ha- like that. Had to uh, um, basically check with the federal government yeah. if they wanted to be like, because they were so guilty of Jim Crow, yeah. uh, 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 you know, uh, discriminating laws. But that the idea, and I think it was Alito who wrote it, that was like, eh, discrimination, like those those conditions don't exist anymore. So we can't, we don't need, why are you, why are we you know, requiring these states to check with the federal government? And then all, as soon as it went away, you know, the obvious thing happened, which was, Voting rights. Voter suppr- God, and, voter and, and voter suppression increases, became yeah. a huge tool of the right, right. you know? And so, and I hope that's something that we can turn back uh, to and, and change going yeah. into this new decade. And then the happy thing I want to mention, because we've mentioned so many depressing ones, um, is gay marriage. It is the yeah. decade where we, and in fact, I think it was the same, same summer as that Shelby uh, V. Holder uh, oh, 13, decision. Yeah. I think it was 2013, yeah. Um, no, no, the, yeah, the Supreme, oh, no, there was a New York State 2011. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember I was I was living in California, but visiting here. Yeah, it was New York State. Also, do you know Massachusetts legalized gay marriage in 2004? Mm. Oh, I did not Such know Such a long that. time ago. I remember because someone mentioned it and I remember I was at Second City and we did a sketch of, that referenced it and it was 2005 and it was, and I think they legalized weed in the previous decade as well, Massachusetts. Good old harbinger of you know good what? things they to come. And then one, the one last thing I wanted to point out that I thought was just like a funny memory was Google Glass. Mm. Um, this sort of like idea <laughs> that we're all going to wear glasses that have technology, you know, in them and we're always seeing the screen or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. And it became like a, you know, people would be, what were they called? Like 
Google glass holes. Oh, yeah. People who would wear them. And I remember going to a TED conference where there were people Some wearing Google. The there were glass holes there. But now you go to a TED conference. Uh, and there's just and regular assholes. It's right. It's right. No, but you would not see that now because it was just so viciously shamed, right. you know, yeah. that, that, that people would do that. It was like the segue of uh, yeah. <laughs> ocular computing where. Right, right. <laughs> it, but it almost, but it, before it, it officially came out it felt like such an you know inevitability that right, we were all right. going to be wearing these fucking glasses and here we are not wearing them it didn't happen <laughs> no, which funny. gives me a little a scintilla of hope <laughs> for the next decade which is that we will see asshole inventions for what they are as asshole inventions. And or they'll just be implanted in our brains directly. I will not be doing that. Uh, but but this is what I'm saying. This is the scintilla of hope that we mm. reject things that might seem like very easy solutions to com completely integrate our bodies with technology. We're, we're in some cases rejecting that. Yeah. Um, I had a very even lower stakes thing to <laughs> yeah, mention. Please. Even lower stakes than Google Glass. So I'm like a, yeah, I'm a casual kind of sports fan. Um, uh, I used to be more into the NFL and play like fantasy football and stuff, mainly just to kind of like keep up with friends from college. And I feel like the NFL is kind of in trouble. I feel like there, there's something will happen. Some change will happen with the NFL and football overall. But also I've noticed in basketball, here's where the low stakes things come in, like centers and big men, 6'10 and over, are shooting three-pointers at an alarming rate. There's nobody posts up anymore. <laughs> Do you, somebody, somebody out there will understand what I'm. So, like the tallest uh, person on Justin, the court. Do you understand you this? <laughs> I mean, it's just nobody's posting up anymore. The decade of the decade of no posting. There used, next to be, there used to be a guy named Bill Lambeer who uh -huh. was the center for the Detroit Pistons. Okay. So he would shoot three pointers, and it was like, wow, he's really Shooting tall, and he could shoot a three pointer. Just means you're a tall guy who can put a do a slam dunk. No, nope. no, it's it means the exact opposite of that. Opposite. Oh. Yeah. So the three point line is the like arc that runs from one baseline out right. past the foul line and and back over to the other yeah, baseline. Yeah, and it's yeah. a far shot. If you're behind it, you you get three points instead of two if you yeah. shoot from there. So like small people, guards who stand out there would normally just shoot from there but now like every single tall person tall person like ev you could name any center across the nba they're all <laughs> three pointers it's sort of it's just sort of crazy yeah. it's just like a it's i mean <laughs> it's i told you it was low stakes no, it doesn't mean the, anything but the most fun thing is it doesn't mean anything also we don't understand what it means like me Somebody, and justin fully have no idea what you're talking about more to more people in this country than like the discussion of like impeachment would <laughs> no yeah a lot I of people America are gonna be like so much more you're credit. wrong man yeah. <laughs> well guys i let's end on that confusing note about three-pointers three and how they don't make the basket or whatever <laughs> while being tall i was very clear you were being extremely confusing <laughs> there are three points to this conversation so i feel good about the symbolism oh, there you guys um please uh contact me and let me know how you're defining this decade is it by three pointers <laughs> come on yes yes you're gonna get a flood of those emails um, yeah let us know what you think i'm uh i'm curious to hear what uh what memories um people have about this decade and how um how it's defining it uh you guys Please follow Peter Gross on social medias where you can follow everything that he does. Peter, what is your social medias? At Peter Gross, P-E-T-E-R-G-R-O-S-Z. 
love is a beautiful spelling. Yes, thank you. Uh, Justin Krebs is the other panelist here who you should be following on all of the things. What are your things? Justin Krebs, K-R-E-B as in bodacious, S as in serendipity. <laughs> JustinKrebs.com or Justin2021.org or various versions of those names at various streaming services that steal my data. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it is, if you are if you live in New York City, guys, you might be living in his council district, in which case, uh, check him out. You know, he might be your next, he might be your next guy. You might want to vote for him. Uh, I would if I was in that district. I am not. Um, <laughs> uh-oh, I just like let people know where I don't live. Um, <laughs> that one off the list. <laughs> all right, you guys. Um, I, uh, you, you know how to find me and all the things that I do. I, I hope that you guys had a wonderful New Year's, and I hope that a wonderful decade awaits you. I feel strongly that it does. We are going to correct some of the dark shit that we talked about in this episode, um, and uh, we're going to make it better, uh, including the algae. You know, the yep. the they're going to eat a bunch Our of our garbage. Cheers to the algae. Yeah. <laughs> All right. um, Okay, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about a secret concierge service. Today's show is sponsored by Pros. This is kind of, I feel like, you know, I'm on some sort of Lord of the Rings journey trying to figure out skincare. And I feel like this customized skincare line is really got my name on it. Basically, every bottle of Pro's custom hair care and skin care, I tried the skin care just recently, is made to order and it's personalized. It's got a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs, like specifically you. And then the way they do it is you take this great, like in-depth quiz, basically. They analyze over 80 factors for a complete view of your life, your beauty goals, Um, Like I have oily skin that's also dry, which is just a fun little conundrum. I live in New York City. Like we've got these four seasons. My my face gets weird during seasonal shifts. Um, I all of these things I got to kind of talk about in like in answering the questions. Um, the other fun thing was they asked us at the end, like, do you like a creamy type of moisturizer or like a less creamy kind? And I was kind of like, mm, I think like less creamy. And they were like, that's fine. Like you can do that, but we think for your skin type, creamier is better. And I never knew that. So I love that there's so much kind of personal information that goes into creating this. I got my stuff in the mail very quickly after. I got a wonderful serum. Like I said, this very creamy moisturizer. Um, And this also very just delectably creamy cleanser that just kind of feel like I, I think it's possible that I've been washing my face with just like harsh harshness like many years because when I saw this cleanser I was like oh is this what it's supposed to feel like it's supposed to feel like a little bit of a delight on my face that's not what I've been doing so I don't know guys and here's the thing you don't have to take my word for it in a third-party double-blind dermatologist supervised controlled clinical study um, which is like the gold standard for research studies pros prove that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives which just sort of totally makes sense on a just logical level if you think about it. Just it makes 
common sense. Pros are so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% of your first subscription order at pros.com slash fake the nation um, will be taken off. That's pros.com slash fake the nation. You get your free consultation and 50% off your one of a kind formulas. Uh, again, that's pros.com slash fake the nation. Go and get your just super personalized, luxurious skincare products and hair care products. That's what I'm going to try next. So pros.com slash fake the nation. I am the type of person that has subscribed to things and I have forgotten about those things. I have paid twice for a children's educational app. And I didn't know that I was paying twice for several months. Until that is, I discovered Rocket Money. And because I use Rocket Money, it just showed up all these things. The thing that I was paying twice for that made me incredibly angry. Thank God Rocket Money ended that for me. It also cancels the subscription for you. So you don't have to like go through the hassle of going to that site and figuring out how to cancel. They actually make canceling very difficult. I don't know if any of you have had the experience, but I have been on a like a roundabout eight exit nightmare trying to unsubscribe to something before. Rocket money eliminates that hassle. It also alerts you to an increase in subscription price. And this is something Rocket Money did for me. It negotiates a lower price for something you already subscribe to. So like for my cable bill, it got me a lower price. And I was very happy about that. Nearly 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about, which makes me feel better because I'm one of them. But it makes me feel terrible because what are we doing? Losing that money. Uh, I don't want to waste that money. And I know you don't want to waste that money. If you struggle with these kinds of purchases, if you struggle with finances in general, Rocket Money will help you with the budgeting, help you track your expenses, help you, like I said, cancel those unwanted subscription. It's a personal finance app that finds and cancels unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending. It helps you lower your bills so you can get back to saving. I mean, me and my husband have been on the warpath and Rocket Money has been a really big part of that. It has over 5 million users with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. The average member has saved up to $740 a year using the app's features, which is, I mean, that tracks for me. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions. Go to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Save the money at rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Eat stress-free this spring with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready-to-eat in just two minutes. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or Vegan and Veggie. Also, discover more than 60 add-ons every week like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. What are you waiting for? Folks, I feel like I've mentioned this before, but I tried other services that I was displeased with. And then a neighbor of mine was trying Factor. I had pulled them aside in the hallway and I was like, what are you feeling about this Factor? And they were like, it is delicious. You should definitely do it. So then me and my husband did it and we loved it. 
They are chef-prepared meals that arrive to your door. And then in two minutes, you could be eating them. Like, it's so simple and they're actually delicious. And for people like me who just sometimes, my schedule can be so maniacal between traveling in different cities and, you know, doing stand-up gigs. It's like I just don't have a typical schedule where I can plan, set aside time for cooking and all that stuff. So something like Factor really helps for me. The other thing that I love to do is try not to eat carbs. <laughs> so they have a keto option, which is fantastic. It's super delicious. They use premium ingredients. You can get stuff with like filet mignon and shrimp and truffle butter and broccolini and asparagus, right? Like real ingredients. There are no fuss, no mess meals. Um, they eliminate the hassle of having to prep. They're tailored to your schedule. Um, you can customize your weekly meals uh, with flexibility. You can pause or reschedule. I've actually done that. I've, pa I've both paused and rescheduled. Um, Factor is basically your solution for fast premium meals without the need for cooking. We're celebrating Earth Day all month long. And look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for the lowest carbon footprint meals. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should head to factormeals.com slash fakethenation50 and use the code fakethenation50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. That's code fakethenation50 at factormeals.com slash fakethenation50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. And we are back. Let's move on to our final topic. Um, here to talk to me about our next topic, our comedian Mike Kaplan, uh, who has a special out on Amazon. Hey, Mike. Hello. Thank you for having me. And from the 30 for 30 podcast series, it's Jody Avergan. Hey, Jody. Hello there. Uh, you guys, there's actually a breakup concierge service now available to New Yorkers. Uh, I mean, what do you think? Is this something... That uh, is sounds remotely sensible to you. Can you actually explain? Because I read this many times, several times. Okay, not many, several times. I read this article. I still don't exactly understand how By it works. By the way, so what you... is the big difference between several and many? <laughs> it's like you know, four to six versus <laughs> five zero, to seven. zero and yeah. one. To be perfectly honest, no, um, but no, seriously. I mean, can you can you actually your best? Can you take a best crack and explain exactly how this service works? Because I'm a little okay. So you break up with someone. And uh, there's all these, and you were cohabitating, and there's all this shit that needs to happen. Uh, you need to get the shit out of their apartment, or you need to find a new apartment, or um, you need to, well, in some of the things they offer, uh, they'll find you a new yoga studio in your new neighborhood. <laughs> they'll find you, they'll do a matchmaking service with a therapist if you need to talk about your uh, feelings of grief from the breakup. Um, they, uh, they'll go get your boxes from right, the place. Right, they'll go get your right. boxes from the place. But th to be clear, this is coming in sort of post-breakup to handle the logistics yes. of what comes handle next. Handle the yes. logistics it, of what comes next. It's not like, uh, like when you're planning a wedding and you hire a wedding planner, it's not like we're planning a breakup. So we're hiring a, a breakup planner. I mean, maybe they will branch out into that if uh, <laughs> if need be. No, I mean, I think that's a clear, uh, you know, insurance policy that wedding planners can offer. 
Okay. You know, <laughs> if you, right. if this doesn't go right, uh, I also happen to do breakup concierge work. Uh, so keep my number. Coming. We'll have a registry that just sends back your gifts to the <laughs> yes, people exactly. that sent them. A uh, reverse registry. Wow. They actually refer to their, to their uh, service as like a, like a type of registry. Um, I mean, but for yeah. breakups. So, so if any of you been in, had a breakup where you are that enmeshed like living together you have like stuff that you own together you have to sort of navigate through oh, through that I've, those logistics i've been divorced okay. uh and still go. am uh my, <laughs> my divorce is going strong 13 okay. years <laughs> okay. uh and so we lived together uh and like i i it it was pretty amicable, so we didn't we didn't have lawyers or anything. Like I don't think we would have needed this service, but like we had we each I think had a car going into the relationship, and then we got rid of one of them and had only one car, and then we each had you know a computer, but maybe then all, we shared a laptop computer. But like, so there were definitely things where things, awkward things. Uh, you know, like I kept the car that was mine. I think her parents helped her buy a new car, right. so that worked out. But you know, if if it had been need, you know, we split the money that was in our bank account like it's hard for me to i guess i've never had a, a super contentious serious right. breakup because i think partially because like if there was ever a relationship that i mean I've, I've never had a relationship be real good 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 and then only get contentious after yeah. an extended period of time like it's it's usually for me it's been like a gradual thing where like hopefully be like hey this is uh something to contend with this contentiousness at this point and so i i mean if there are people hiring them great like if it's but it does seem like it's useful i mean when i when i've broken up with people and like there are you know awkward conversations to be happy like can i have that thing again like right 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 so so those conversations you know yeah. like who's going to get this laptop or you know can you log out of this so that i can log? did those feel to you um I guess what's the spectrum, you know, like ugly and contentious to awkward to maybe even like healing and healthy because you're doing something together even as you're falling apart. I mean, where did that land for you? Certainly between awkward and healing, I would right. say. And so I feel like I can't uh, like I wouldn't get this service for myself. Uh, and I feel like if somebody would want it because they want to avoid some of like, I feel like if you want to avoid awkwardness, I feel like aren't you also adding awkwardness by sending a stranger to your ex's apartment and being like, uh, your your ex has hired me. To but at come that here. point, yeah. you give you give two shits what your ex thinks yeah. about you, right? Like, let them feel awkward right. with a stranger. And a, and a third party is a third. I mean, that's why you know mediators are really helpful. Yeah, lawyers are really helpful in a sense. Like, a third party is a third is an agreed upon third party, and and the sort of awkwardness gets, gets deferred on to them. them. Yeah, you know, I do think that when I've gone through breakups and just in general, like a big fundamental question after a breakup, in addition to all the like stuff between the two of you is this notion of like this thing was so you know so much of my life was revolved around this relationship and you know this was so enmeshed in my routine and so what is my new routine and the like tidying up of the old routine sometimes maybe feels like it's getting in the way of like moving on moving on and just sort of figuring out what you know what's my what do I what's my morning commute look like and so you know I think the the notion of offloading some of those things 
um, yeah. that tidying up so that you can move on um, and figure out what you're kind of like. Well, one of the things that they like brought up, right. One of the things they brought up, and I don't know if this was an issue for your ex-wife, but uh, was like ch- getting your, ch- changing your name back to oh, your sure. maiden name. And the concierge service that we read about is called Onward in New York. And that's one of the things that they provide is like someone to help you navigate that, how to get your name changed back on the five million things that your yep. married name appears on, which sounds like an utter nightmare. And I think it sounds like one of those things that that every day you look at your credit card or your driver's license or whatever the fuck, and it gets in the way of you moving on because you're looking at this other man's name. That's a great point. I feel like I will, uh, I've been coming down pretty hard on the, I don't need this service, <laughs> but but I, I guess I can imagine that like the, the benefit of like, like I do comedy and some people when they start doing comedy, take a comedy class and yeah. you don't have to do that. But sometimes for people, they're like, I don't even know where to start. Like, how would I become a comedian? You go to the class to even, maybe you just learn like, oh, I didn't even need to go to the class, but now I know I just go to open mics. Now I right. know I can like look at these yeah. comedians yeah. I can some read. basic yeah. understanding. And so this, if you have no idea of all of the steps that might need to be taken, like that's why people might hire a wedding planner to be like, oh, yeah, I, I didn't even know about these logistical things. You, right. Like you hire somebody and maybe you find out like, oh, I could have done all this myself. Totally. I would have known it all. But you're like, I don't want to forget something, especially when there are legal things involved, when there are, you know, potential psychological. And uh, there's um, a friend of mine who who had a breakup his breakup didn't have there were no kids involved but there was a dog involved yeah that's a big one that they that's a help big with. one. Oh yeah they did say that they'll they'll walk if you if you have joint custody of the dog the you they'll get a, a dog walker to go bring it to, to from one from, home yeah. to the other home or whatever uh, can, I, can I also just yeah. point out this service at least at the time of this taping costs a hundred dollars for 10 days that does seem like, pretty good you're you're you know yeah that seems pretty yeah, good. Yeah, like I you're going to spend that much the... drowning your sorrows at the bar right. Right. Know, on, on night two after your breakup. I <laughs> right. mean, like that's pretty good. For the good. record, though, I think that the surf, like being able to ask them questions and then finding answers is like $100. But then if you right. do want to, you know, that get doesn't the cover service, the dog walker, it doesn't yeah. cover the dog walker. It doesn't cover the people that figure out how to get your name Fair changed. So you've heard it cards. here. $100 all inclusive. <laughs> Whatever you need, they'll <laughs> no, match make did, your new partner. That said, yeah. though, it did seem reasonable. <laughs> um, and uh, I well, I was, from from my personal experience, there's like a couple of moral like ethical moments that I had in breakups that I wish that I could have just had someone else make that decision. What kind of ethical? So one guy I was with for many years and he had like a little bit of a breakdown, we'll call it, and he disappeared. So that's how we broke up. We broke up through his disappearance. I've taught, I think I've mentioned it on this podcast before I wrote about it in, in my book. In-person ghosting. Yeah. And uh, so, and I had gone on tour. It was like a great time to disappear because I went on tour, I came back, and then he was gone. So, um... Has he reappeared? Does he exist He still? exists. Yeah, I okay. found out that he was alive. But, um, so, you know, it was an interesting time. And, uh, he left a bunch of shit in my apartment and, um... I knew that n- most of it I was just going to donate to Salvation Army. It was – I didn't – you know, I didn't care. But there was this one golf bag mm. that belonged to his grandfather. Uh. And I was like, I don't know what to do. I'm not – this person has disappeared 
to me, right? Not from the world, but to me. What's your obligation? What is my obligation? To his grandfather. Yeah, exactly. I kind of wish I could have just been set, called these people up and be like, can you guys make the ethical decision? Whatever the fuck that is. I have nothing to do with this person anymore, but I have this stupid golf bag in my apartment um, that I don't. So there was that. The other thing was like, I had a boyfriend once that bought me. (laughs) This was kind of petty. He, we broke up. He he had bought me some kind of a necklace. It wasn't even like it wasn't like a diamond necklace or anything, guys. It was like a forty dollar turquoise ne- necklace or something. It was nice. It was very nice of him at the time. But we broke up, and I didn't return this gift. It no. seemed ridiculous to do that. But he wrote me an email asking for me to return the gift. I just ignored the email. But I would have loved. But I was so like. Is this something that I returned? Like now that he's asked, it just seems petty that he's asking for me to return this. I would it, it have wasn't loved a family to, heirloom. No, yeah. he bought. I know where he bought. Like yeah. it, you know, we were out together. He bought it. He's you know? basically saying, "Will you please send me forty dollars?" Yeah, he's basically saying. What was it about me, the money, or was it about? No, the because it's not like he could have yeah. gotten the forty dollars. Right. It's like I don't know. I think you. It was just a petty, weird that's, symbol that's of his anger. Yeah. And I would have loved to be able to forward that email to some third party. <laughs> and be like, can you guys tell this person why it's ridiculous? Just like to to ask for this back from me. You know what I mean? Um, or or I could have given it to them, and that because I don't obviously don't use that necklace. But like, anyways, it's there. There are moments where a third party would have been so. Nice, I think. Can I? I, I want to do two things. One, I want to recommend uh, send the necklace back to him now, yes. uh, just to get it out of your own life, you know, <laughs> and be like, "Sorry, I've thought about it, and I do want you to have this no, necklace." And, then, yeah. and then it's and it's and you write one of those notes like, "Oh, sorry to be so late getting back to this email. It must have slipped through the cracks." <laughs> But, here, I love but it. yeah, totally. Here's the necklace. Yeah. And totally. yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry if you, you must have thought so differently of me. Um, <laughs> and the other thing, I just want to here's real it's quick. Been a busy decade. What, what I think. Can I also point yeah. out that he lived on a boat? So there are so many reasons. Yeah. Oh. And as someone who suffers deeply from motion sickness, there's so many reasons this relationship didn't work. Then out. my new recommendation is you should have go to the boat and then, like the end of Titanic, <laughs> hurl it into the ocean <laughs> without his knowing. Uh, but here's what I would say about the golf bag, which is real. It's really an interesting yeah. like. Like dilemma. Like I would say if there's anybody else in his life that you could contact and be like, hey, this seems valuable to this person. I don't know where he is. I don't want I'm going to hold on to it for a month. And if you can't find somebody within a month to take it, then donate it. So then here's the other awkward thing, because I thought of that. But he didn't tell his friends. Right. So his friends were still like posting on my Facebook, acting like we were he still really together. Yeah. I mean, he because he also probably, you know, I think he had like a like I said, he had some kind of an emotional but, thing. But Mike, your point, I mean, it is true that the friend we haven't talked about the sort of the role right. of friends and all of this. Yeah. I mean, in an ideal world, you know, friends step in, help adjudicate some of this stuff while still kind of having your best interests because they're your friends and so forth, you know, and so maybe they fill some of these roles, but often friends end up, you know, taking sides themselves or like, maybe that's a lot to ask of a friend to help you kind of manage your breakup or whatever. But certainly a good friend um, would, would, would take on some of this stuff as well. Right. Well, it's funny because my friends, the the one who confirmed that he was alive, um, she was so angry to even run into him she is like, I don't even know if I should tell you this, but he's alive and well, you know? And right. I was like, oh, no, thanks for telling me that, you know? But it, but everyone was so angry on my behalf that, like, nobody had the, I think, comment, like, nobody had the a neutral, like, 
rational decision making you know to to be able to like kind of handle some of these things you know what i mean everyone was i just wanted like a rational person to be like what are the ethics around this um and I, so call that me was weird. I, anyone i'm I, i'm interested in uh yeah. in, in branching out into <laughs> advice giving they have on competition this company yeah and so uh, i'll just say i think it's always good to tell someone that someone is alive. That's usually, unless you're telling an assassin that mm-hmm. they didn't do their job. You know, like, <laughs> hey, you thought you did it, but uh, I saw this guy <laughs> in another country. Uh, he was trying to get away from this woman, and the only thing he needed was this very valuable, she only thought it was worth $40, uh, turquoise yeah. necklace, which has the nuclear codes in it. <laughs> uh, can I can I point out with this company, Please. that this concierge company, that it, there's this interview in Slate with them, and and they talk about how they founded the company and they point out we've been best friends since the fourth grade. The two people who do this, we've been through a lot together. I just want to say, I wish them well, but when this thing all falls apart (laughs) and and it's both their company and their friendship all disintegrating, I'm very curious who they turn to for help. Can I also point out that I'm here um, for them, (laughs) that another thing from that slate piece was that they, one of them or both of them pointed out that they had had multiple cohabitation situations that they, that they had broken off, which led to the creation of the service. And I don't have, I was just like, Stop moving in with people. What are you doing? Can you be a little bit more certain? This is New York City. I know. New York City is a whole different bag of beans when it comes to moving in and relationships. I've cohabitated with one, two, four people. Wow. All right. I I, I just haven't. And that's in, you know, in 16 years. So. That's, that's uh, probably, mo- okay. like they're all I like two, two to three I years. That's yeah. normal. I, yeah. I was for me, cohabitation was such a high bar that like, you know, I just don't well, have and, as in general. Money. I think that should be the high bar. Right. right. I, mean, I think people talk it, about marriage me, is like the big step, right. but it's actually like moving to in together and starting to share right. your life. To me, and I was just like, if I move in, it's basically we're married. You know, when I got married at 25, which I would say, don't do that. And uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm fine now, but uh, yeah, I, I got divorced at 27. Uh, do that. Um, but uh, I tried to do that without doing the first one. But my a good friend of mine, you know, about my like two years younger than me, you know, I was, I think, 25 getting married. He was 23 buying a home right. with a girlfriend. Wow. And I was like, wow, that's serious. serious. I, yes, I, I do. You know what I mean? And but like we're renting so we can leave at any All point. Right, yeah. right, right. Totally. All right, you guys, let me know what you think. Uh, would you use a a breakup concierge service. I'm so fascinated to hear. <laughs> Thanks so much for doing the show. And I would love for people to follow you. Jody Avergan, where do they follow you? Where do they consume all the wonderful things that you make? Well, certainly the 30 for 30 podcast. You can go find that. Uh, we just put out a big season. We have another one coming on the horizon. And then I guess I'm on Twitter. Jody with a Y, Avergan. Amazing. Mike? Uh, Mike Kaplan is my name, my website, my social media. Mike is spelled M-Y-Q. Sorry about that. Or you're welcome. Whatever you like. (laughs) Uh, If you're pro or against, I'm on your side. Uh, M-Y-Q-K-A-P-L-A-N on all the social media. You can find my albums wherever albums are if they're still a thing. My podcast is Broccoli and Ice Cream. My special is on Amazon. And uh, thank you. All right, you guys, that's our show. 
Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. And I also want to thank the production team here at Fake the Nation. That's our producer, Anita Flores, our audio engineer, Andy Christens, and our panelists, Peter Gross, Justin Krebs, Mike Kaplan, and Jody Avergan. Gabby Alter wrote our theme music. Lily Fleshler helps with research. And dear listeners, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, send us your feedback. Leave us a voicemail at 347-770-4981 or drop us a line at comments at fakethenation.com. If you like what you hear, leave us a review at Apple Podcasts. It is a real thing in helping people find the show. Uh, We'll be back next week. And thank you and Happy New Year. 